Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of an unexpected podcast. And on today's podcast, I am joined by Mick and Matt, and uh, we will be going over the Survivors of Lake Town faction. And it's going to be a full review of the entire faction. But first, we're going to be going into our list reviews. So, for those who don't know, our list reviews, we pull a list from this uh, comment section of YouTube. Uh, and our YouTube subscribers can absolutely post on there if you want your list reviewed for maybe an upcoming tournament and such. Uh, but also, for those of you who listen on iTunes and Spotify, uh, we do post on there as well. And you can reach out to any of us and we can consider your list for the channel so with that out of the way first mick go ahead and share what list are we reviewing today all right so today's list comes from ian oates and he's put together a 750 point isengard list with 36 warriors eight bows eight might one banner and 39 models it goes uh warband one is saruman uh he is mounted on a horse in his warband we have two urukai berserkers Four Urukai warriors with crossbows, four warriors with shields, four warriors with pikes, and one warrior with a banner. Then the second warband is Mauher, leading um, six Urukai scouts with shields and the Marauder upgrade, and three Urukai scouts with uh, Urk bows. Then in the third warband, we have Thrydan Wolfsbane, and he is mounted. He's leading a, an Urukai berserker. Uh, four Urukai warriors with shields, four with pike, one crossbowman, and two warg riders with shields. So additionally, Ian is saying that uh, in this list, we have a mobility and a cheeky alpha strike with light range support. The idea is to utilize Saruman's offensive capabilities to shift enemy heroes and troop lines, utilizing Mahur and his boys to outflank or chase objectives and playing up the Thrydan plus Saruman lockdown combo to end any hero of your choosing. Warg Riders are there to either screenshots from Thrydan or slink off onto objectives. Um, he's also saying, I'm a huge fan of Mauhur, but he tends to disappoint me. Uh, Thrydan is a new use for me, and while expensive and a bit squishy, he seems underrated. Mighty blow with a one-handed sword to when you don't want to, uh, to risk the 200, sign me up. So, in this list, um, as I mentioned before, he has 36 uh, warriors, uh, 39 models in total. So um, first thing that um, that stands out for me uh, is that Saruman comes without Grima. And this is something that I believe we talked about before, how uh, I believe all three of us always like to bring Grima alongside Saruman. It's almost like it's one of those automatic upgrades. Um, because of Grima's special rule, um, how strong he, he generally is. Um, then, uh, then the other a few things that stand out initially are things like a Yurikai with a banner doesn't have a shield or a pike. I'm just wondering, guys, uh, can he uh, can he carry a pike and a banner together? Or yes, yes, yes. he can. Yeah, so uh, the warrior with with a banner should always have at least a pike or a shield. Um, and then. <clears throat> um, Ian's saying about how Mahur always seems to disappoint him. Well, I have to kind of agree. I always preferred Ugluk personally because of additional uh, heroic strikes. But yeah, before we go into, into more details, let's see uh, 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 what else Matt and Devin have to say. Uh, I also um, you know, was trying to figure out how we could get Grima into this list because um, it just seems like you're 
you're kind of leaving some stuff on the table if Grima's is not in here. And Grima's is one of those figures that every once in a while will just win you the game. Um, and so I, I think I'd like to see Grima. I also, unless you're going to go with one of the legendary legions that, you know, get scouts for free or something like that. I also think I would prefer Ogluk in this list. Um, I mean, I have to say the Urukai scouts, when you only get a few of them, and he's only got six that are upgraded here, I I can't I tend not to be able to get their points the, the points out of them. I mean, which isn't to say that they don't have have their uses. Um, and the other thing I was thinking was kind of left on the table here was was a Crabane or two. And I'm wondering if the Crabane or two might be better off, might be a better objective grabber here than the Warg Riders. Um, and I kind of think they would be. The question is, this is already a bit light on warriors. So then you end up with the question of, well, where do the points for all this come from? Um, and uh, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I am not convinced that Urukai Berserkers are worth their points anymore. No, I totally agree. Um, and I'm wondering... They always if, have to go two-handed now, right? Uh, um, no, I don't think so. I think they have a hand and a half. I think they have a hand and a half. They have a Berserker have Blade, a berserker blade yeah. which is a hand and a half sword. So they don't have to go oh, two-handed. Okay. Um, they're just... It's just they're, they're 15 points and taking them down to defense That's five... Fun. Um, really makes them pretty vulnerable. I mean, I think they're still they're still useful to stand in front of a couple pikes. <coughs> so I kind of understand why he has two berserkers and four pikes in <coughs> the first legion. But um, so I mean, a couple ways you could get points with the warg riders with shield. Um, you could delete two of them, get a crabane. Um, and then maybe, or, or you could just, if you delete those three archive berserkers, that's 45 points. So that is, I mean, that's Grima and a Crabane at that point. Um, and I think you're probably going to get more, um, more use out of Grima and a Crabane than probably those, <clears throat> Berserkers. I'd agree to see if I can find a point somewhere to stick a pike on the batter. Um, and you know, it it may be that what you can do to save a few points here, um, if you want to like save a berserker or throw a um, pike on the banner, is maybe you downgrade one or two of the Urukai warriors to ordinary orcs. And that saves you a few points, and that's probably all you're going to need if you're going to delete maybe a couple berserkers to save the third and do what you want to do. All right. So um, just one thing for Grima: if he charges but then chooses not to strike blows, does he reveal himself? Yes, mm-hmm. he does. So surrounding, so I'm correct. Surrounding him with three guys means he can't move for the rest of the game. It, it it does, although you you don't have the obligation to deploy him with your opponent's warband. You can deploy him with your own warband, in which case he is revealed and he can be charged and shot at and stuff, but you can kind of hide him behind the battle line. Hmm. Um, and then he just, you know, follows 
Saruman around or Mahur around or Thryden around and soaks uh, might off of people. And that's often, the, that's often the better way to go with Grima is to deploy him behind your own lines and you know, for, forget about be, him being a fifth columnist. Um, put him behind your own lines and uh, uh, that he can be really hard to get rid of. Okay. All right. I haven't used him as much in the new edition. I know he hasn't changed too much. So I don't have too many comments on Grima. I can agree that a Corbain and Grima probably have more use for you than the Berserkers. My only fear is that his line is going to start becoming really light. Like, cause I'm looking at it and most of his army, he's got 36 warriors at 750 points. So he's already kind of less than what most 700 point, 50 point armies, not by much, but less still. And then most of his army is defense like five um, with the exception of a few shields. I'm trying to figure out how big the shield wall will be, but it's, it's not very large. It seems like he's throwing the pikes behind the berserkers. And that seems to be the goal here. Um, well, except for in the final war band where it's, I think he's got him behind every shield, one behind every shield. And then he's got a berserker sort of on the flank somewhere. Um, he's got a good, healthy mix of things. I do think that the Creebane are going to serve a better purpose than the Wargriders. I mean, obviously the Wargriders have more potential to actually kill something. Um, if you do Matt's idea of swapping out the Berserkers for Creebane and Grima, then I'm not sure. Well, actually, I guess I could still see the value of keeping the Wargriders. It's really the, the Maher group that kind of annoys me about the list. Like I, I see the function he's trying to add here and they technically, the Marauders are like how much, how many points are a Marauder? Well, so they're nine points plus a shield. So that's 10 points. And then Uruk-hai 10 points. So that's the exact same cost as a, a regular Urg. Yeah. So now, just... they're the ones I'm kind of struggling with. Yeah. Is, and... is, is that with the upgrade or without the upgrade? Hang on. Eight, so the upgrade costs eight, one. Eight, nine. The upgrades, yeah. upgrades one. So it's 10 points with the upgrade. Yeah. For, for defense five, but extra movement versus defense six of the Urukai Warrior and standard movement. I mean, yeah. it's not bad. I mean, I always like eight inch moving, like, so like the, you know, good to bad berserkers and all that. I, I mean, how, have either of you really had a lot of success with Marauders? Because I, I kind of feel like they just die. Yeah, that's kind of been my experience yeah, as well. Unless, okay. Unless you have like an entire army of them. Like, yeah. Well, then they just die on mass. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he means the Ogog Scouts Legendary Legion, yeah. which yeah. you have orcs plus them, but then they get plus one to wound. And so that's a, that's a very big bonus to be getting. Well, sometimes uh, they get a plus one to wound. It's actually... It's fairly hard to actually achieve. Yeah, because um, they got to both be in contact. They have um, to both be in contact, and then the the orcs in that legion only move six, which means that the Urukai scouts are running ahead and dying, and then the orcs show up and die. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like for me personally, um, I actually would like to keep the berserkers if possible. Well, okay, I don't really care about the berserkers necessarily. Like you can get rid of them; that's fine. But they do add something that can it, it kind of operate as a fearless unit to go uh, tag a fell beast or whatnot but um reasonably i'm just failing to see what the maher and the boys are doing like i, I get it like down he says in his little review that he's using them outflank and chase objectives but then i'm like you already kind of have warg riders for that mm -hmm. um and now a corbane um, i mean what 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 Maher's warband is good for is when the lines clash, they like they're on a flank and they're the guys that kind of run around the flank and yeah. get into the second rank of the shield wall and trap a whole bunch of folks. Um, 
So I, I, I kind of get, I, I get why they're there. I agree with you that it's somewhat less clear that he's got enough stuff other than Mohor to kind of be the, the anvil to that hammer. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I, I just don't see a lot. I mean, he's got basically five ranks. It looks like he's putting the, well, actually he's got, okay. So well, I actually shields. think the Berser- I, I, I think the pikes are all supporting one shield. I think mm-hmm. he, he's got the berserkers kind of off to themselves. Um, I mean, he's, he's I just got, am really, he's got some crossbows in here too, that, you know, can also stand in front of the pikes. Yeah. Um, and that's true too. So reasonably, he's just got a, a, a list that it would be a decent size list if it wasn't for the fact that he has these expensive low defense troops that kind of can be attacked. But I mean, if he does hold them back in the right way and doesn't just immediately send them up as a frontline infantry, it does it like that flanking maneuver you just mentioned, then yeah, I guess I can see that working out better for him. Then in which case you take out the berserkers, add the Corbain, Grima, I mean, he's got, oh, it's 39 total miles. I'm sorry. I thought I saw 36. 39 is actually right where you should be at a 750-point yeah. list. Yeah. Um, so I, it's I mean, not, it's not. He, he could, I, I mean, if he wants to keep the Berserkers, I think your suggestion of getting rid of the Warg Riders and replacing him with a Crabane, I mean, you'll need to find some extra points somewhere. And so maybe you get rid of like one Berserker and two Warg Riders to do that. Or maybe you drop a couple of the Scouts. Um, like for example, he's got these Uruk High scouts with Uruk bows that don't seem to have the Marauder upgrade. Um, yeah. that which then at why at that point, yeah, exactly. I guess, uh, move and shoot, yeah, but they're but they're moving slower, they're moving three incisions shooting instead yeah. of um, four and a half. So I, I'm kind of scratching my head about them. So I mean, they may be something that could get dropped in, fa- and, and so just leaving Maher with kind of the small warband of of six marauders that are going to kind of run around a flank. I think he um, felt uncomfortable with the fact that he only had five crossbows. And so he wanted to add more shooting power. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that's where he's going with that. Yeah. But, but I think we are not going to do very much. Most of the time. Yeah. I, I think, I think Saruman combined with five crossbows is probably enough. It's, it's enough to bring somebody else towards you if he doesn't have much shooting. And yeah. if the other guy has a lot of shooting, going to shoot this anyway. As, as Mick said, yeah, the three Urukai scouts with Uruk bows aren't going to kind of tip the balance. You're going to have to go toward him anyway. Yeah. So, Maher, does he have March? Yes. Yes. But so does Okay. So does Ugluk. So that Ugluk, is... has, Ugluk has um, March and Strike. He's one of the few heroes that does that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Then, yeah, Ugluk is definitely probably the pick here yeah, also also Ugluk has an extra might point over maher i don't really ever see the point of, of of picking maher unless unless you're taking a ton of scouts personally or or if it's in the legendary legion like if you, if you compare the two Ugluk has uh, has more might has a strike has a special rule which gives you an, an extra cool stand fast in case in case saruman's busy if you ever need to use it yeah whilst maher just has an extra attack yeah, I, I'm I'm leaning toward Ugluk uh, on this one. I mean, you lose the Marauders, but yeah. then in that case, I mean, I'm kind of like, you, can you not flank with like something else? Look, here's the thing: a Marauder is ten points. For one more point, you can get a Warg Rider. Like, why not just yeah. flank with Warg Riders? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So I, I'm almost like, if you really, really want to do this option. 
I mean, I get it. The Marauders have smaller bases, which allow them to kind of be a little bit more maneuverable. But honestly, I'd see the value in six warg riders over six marauders which is absurd i still wouldn't pick six warg riders i think our advice would be then to shrink down your number of warg riders but like honestly that's kind of what i'm noticing here is that i would i would rather have six of them than these six urukai scouts i mean like I w- and then combine it with luglug yeah see i would rather just add more uh warriors with shields too so so let's say yeah. h- half of the scouts into warriors with shields the other half into into warg riders I probably wouldn't take more than like four workers total in the whole list. Yeah. And then if I had that many, then probably no Crebane. But if I wanted a Crebane, then probably like two work riders. Yeah, I think I'd rather, I, I want to have at least one Crebane. Because by the way, the Crebane, if you're looking for somebody to run around to the backside of the battle line and Crebane's contact right. people and trap them, yeah, the Crebane is the thing to do that with. I mean, it's like one of those times when we had the yeah. duel here on the channel and I had like, what, 15 Crebane and I was playing as Matt and I was, <laughs> I was, I was crushing him with that. <laughs> I, I, I still would have taken you apart. <laughs> so I think, Ian, um, I think that's really our advice. Is unfortunately, as much as you want Maher, I think Maher's place is definitely in the legions. Uh, those legendary legions you see, it's the same as like taking Dunlendings outside of the Dunland Legion or certain Dunlendings anyway. It's like you could do it, but just take an Urukai. Um, so basically, I think in this case, you, you should replace, uh, you know, you can consider keeping the Berserkers, but you, you know, if you don't, definitely somehow get Grima or the Crebane in here without reducing your numbers too much. And then eliminate Maher's Warband entirely. Just go with Ugluk and uh, bring in some, a few more wargs, maybe to do that flanking. But ultimately, like they said, probably Creepane all can function with that. And then um, take away your crossbow or just all the scouts. Just just eliminate the scouts. It seems like we're agreeing here. Is that, am I correct on that, guys? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where we come down. I mean, you, yeah. the alternative to eliminating the scouts is eliminating the berserkers. But I think one, one or the other has to go in favor of Creepane yeah. and Creepane. Just one final question. I'm thinking, uh, what are we thinking about Thrydon Wolfsbane himself? Because he, uh, I like he, him. He, he is 95 yeah. points mounted. Yeah, no, I, I think he's well worth it at 95 points. I mean, yeah. he's yeah. he's the hitter in this list. Yeah. The only comparative person is Lurtz, but I think yeah. the role he's trying to serve, have with Thrydon is to kill heroes quickly. Um, now, the only issue I have with Thrydon is his um, he's per- I think he's permanently armed with a two-handed axe, right? And he's got he a sword. Also sword. Oh, he has a sword. Okay. So then, then I guess he's fine then. Yeah. So, um, yeah, then, I mean, the only one who's competing with that, but Thryden hits much harder than Lurtz does. Mm -hmm. Uh, so for the purposes of what he's trying to do here, I think Thryden fits the role a little better. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, the, the only reason, I mean, Lurtz has some special rules that come with him about his, that, that affect the ability to come on the board in the maelstrom of battle, um, scenarios which are really useful yeah. um but other than that i think thryden is kind of if you're just looking at combat power i think thryden is the better choice mm-hmm. cool all, all right. right and so that completes the list review so now we go on to the faction and so while uh basically in this what we're going to do is we're going to have matt and mick uh take turns reading off the different profiles we're going to be discussing them as far as their value they bring to the faction and, uh, you know, just everything pertaining to it from a competitive standpoint. So, Matt, go ahead and take it away with the very first survivor of Lake Town and probably the 
only possible auto include. <laughs> yeah, the, well, no, there's there's two auto includes in this list. Um, <laughs> Before you begin, how about the army bonus? Well, actually, let me oh, talk yeah. about the army bonus in the context yeah, of sure. Bard because it sure. basically is an army bonus for, for Bard. Bard. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so Bard the Bowman is very much the centerpiece of this list, as one would expect. Um, he is 140 points. Uh, he is a man Lake Town infantry hero. He is a hero of legends, so he can stuff 18 survivors of Lake Town into his warband, although fairly often you'll be taking some other folks in his warband. Um, he has uh, a move, yeah, his, his normal move of six inches, although he can take a horse. He's fight five, although that can go up. He's strength four, defense four, uh, uh, three attacks, three wounds, courage six, three might, three will, three fate. As a sword and a great bow, the great bow has a strength of four. Um, he, uh, his options are a win lance for 75 points, which we'll talk about in a moment, but probably after we talk about it, that's the last time you'll ever consider it. Uh, <laughs> he can get a horse and he can get armor for five points. He almost always comes, you almost always see him on his horse and with his armor because you want to get his defense up to five. Um, and he has some special rules. Uh, the first rule is rapid fire. So if Bard the Bowman hits a target with his great bow, he may, hits, not necessarily kills, but just hits. He may take another shot at another target within three inches of it, or it may be the same target. If that shot is also a hit, he may shoot again up to a maximum of three shots in total. So he actually has, he kind of has shooting power, especially since he's shooting at strength four, that can come close to uh, Legolas, although he doesn't have the auto hit feature, his ability just to gun down, um, uh, you know, ordinary warriors is actually can be superior to Legolas because of that strength for bow. So Bardalas. Uh, Bardalas, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> with much more. <laughs> with more, yeah. Uh, okay, the next special rule is the Black Arrow, um, which is only used in conjunction with the Windlance. Um, once per game, Bar the Bowman can fire his Black Arrow instead of shooting the Windlance normally, if you choose to do so. You declare that he's going to fire his Black Arrow before rolling to hit. When shooting the Black Arrow, he re-rolls his failed to hit rolls and any failed in the way tests. Furthermore, do not roll on the scatter table when firing the Black Arrow. A successful to hit roll against a battlefield target automatically counts as dead on. Um... And lastly, the Survivor of Lake Town special rule. This is the special rule that is uh, the one that you take Bard for. The first part of this sounds a bit odd when you read it. Bard the Bowman's Stand Fast rule has range of six inches, just like every other hero. Um, this, will be, this will be important in a moment. <laughs> Furthermore, Bane, son of Bard, Percy, Hilda Bianca, Lake Town militia captains, Lake Town Militia within six inches of Bar the Bowman. Basically, all of the heroes you can take in this list, except uh, for Bard himself and I believe Alfred the Counselor. And Gandalf uh, also does, does. And Gandalf, yeah. Uh, receive a plus one bonus to their fight value and count as being in range of a banner. So this brings us to the army bonus. So right now we've got Bard as a six inch banner and plus one fight value buff. The army bonus is any man who wants to give their last follow me. Inspiring words, if ever there were, were one. Um, Bard the Bowman's standfast will affect other Lake Town hero models. That's great. Additionally, Bard the Bowman's uh, savior of Lake Town special rule has its range increased to 12 inches instead of 6 inches. 
um, which means that his stand fast then goes up from six inches to 12 inches and his um, banner goes up to 12 inches. So he becomes not only Bartolas, but Bardrahil, uh, as well as his plus one bonus. Bar Bardomir Bardalos. Yeah, something like that. Um, so as you can see, a whole bunch, I mean, Bard is the centerpiece of the army because he makes the almost the entire army fight better than it would ordinarily and, in fact, significantly better because there's going to be a, basically a, a two-foot diameter zone of plus one fight value and banner. Um, I will, because I have to, because it's sitting on the page, talk about the Windlance briefly. Uh, the Windlance is a small siege engine. It is strength 10, defense 10, three wounds. So it's actually a pretty good siege engine as siege engines go. Um, Bard is the only crew, which means that he ever wants to move this thing. He needs some buddies to like pick it up and, and carry it along. Um, Bard can abandon it if he wants to. I, I believe unless they've FAQ'd this, he can shoot this thing from a horse. There's nothing that says that. I think they did FAQ it, yeah. Because uh, it, it was well known that he could do that, but then yep. they FAQ'd it where you must be on foot. You have to, you have to be, be on foot. Down. Okay, all right. So so that makes a little more sense. Um, so generally, you're not going to be taking the Windlance if you're going to have Bard on the horse, and usually you want him on the horse because this is 75 points for a siege weapon that um, has no... Um, it has no additional effect. So there's no, there's no area. There's no like two inch burst radius on this thing. It doesn't have piercing shot. So it's not pushing people back. It is accurate. So it's only going to scatter by three inches rather than six inches, but meh. Um, the wind lance is really something you only, I think want to take in scenarios against Smaug, or if you know that like Gulivar is going to be your opponent. I remember uh, you talking about like once the Windlance being an interesting use for it is having Gandalf compel a, a major hero from the other side away from his army and then you just instant death him. Yeah, that, I mean, that is that is something you can do. Um, so. But you've also got kind of you you've got the Black Arrow rule now that can essentially do the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, you don't need Gandalf to pull people away anymore. Um uh, because you, when you shoot the black arrow, you basically have one shot where you're rerolling everything. And with Bard and Alfred in the same list, we'll talk about Alfred in a moment. He can use his he can use his might on this roll, so you have potentially six might to go into this thing. So, I mean, the the advantage of the Windlance is as long as you have an opportunity to shoot this thing um, before the lines meet, you can you can pretty much guarantee yourself a hit on just about anything on the board once. Um, so if you know you're going into a game where like Gulivar is going to be the centerpiece and you want to auto kill him, um, this is the thing to, to do it. Um, but in general, just because of the, the massive amount of points that you have to sink into this thing, 75 points. And the fact that eventually you're going to be throwing the thing away and Bard is going to start fighting. Um, yeah. uh, you know, and Bard yeah, I horse. can understand. I don't think anyone actually brings the Windlands into competitive 
uh, formats. So I, I think anyone listening here would probably agree <laughs> that that thing is uh, probably not what you want with him. I think Bard's Bard is essentially, as you probably all heard us say, he's pretty much an auto include. I mean, this is not the character you like. If you're playing Lake Town without him, then it's probably because Lake Town is an ally being supplemental to something else, like Thranduil's yeah. Halls or Iron. Man. There, there was so. a tactic until the last edition where what you would do is take um, a captain and Alfred and a few Lake Town guys and then just ally it into a random list. Um, and then Alfred would make that captain into a five-mic captain. Um, yeah. And then you'd go from there. But uh, they've changed that now um, because of who uh, Alfred can... Uh, I mean, you basically... I think you need to have Bard in this list in order to take... Alfred, Either him or Gandalf. Do that. Yeah. The allies, yeah, correct. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think, let's see. I think this really, let's... you know, is kind of avoidable, I feel like. They just have to change Alfred's profile because <laughs> he is a big crazy, which we'll get into. So I, I think there's, and we'll talk about this when we get to the FAQ. I think there has been a change with Alfred's profile that says he must be taken with Bard, but let me dig into the. Um... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. The FAQs, I think, may have yeah. actually changed that. Right. Um, so, I mean, the, for anyone listening here and has not experienced Survivors of Lake Town, there are actually two more upgrades to Bard that are not listed in his profile itself. You're hearing us talk about Alfred a lot, and you'll get into why. Mm -hmm. We also have his daughters who are in the list who upgrade him even further. So this character becomes, with the combo of all three of them, one of the most powerful characters in the game, mirroring essentially a mix of Boromir, Legolas, and you know, Thorn Oak and Shield. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's some of Elendil's stuff all at the same time. He he gets pretty powerful. Combine that, that with the fact that he provides banners and, and Fanfast. Yeah, I think we definitely would have to go into the rest of the profiles to fully talk about him. But let's just say this. I mean, reasonably, you're never not including Bard uh, with all his glory. That's right. Um, yeah. So, by the way, in the errata... Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about Alfred in a moment. But in the errata, there is something a rule that states Alfred may only be included in an army that includes either the Master of Lake Town or Bard the Bowman. So okay. uh, to get Alfred, you need Bard. You must have those place. two. Yeah. So that gets around the whole Captain plus Alfred. Right. You know. Yeah. That that yeah. is a thing of the past. Can I just mention that um, the whole thing with a banner of six inches and then twelve inches with uh, with a special rule uh, uh, with the army bonus, like uh, you might not think that's much because it's just a banner, but at the same time, if you consider the fact that let's say in a normal combat between two uh, 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 between a warrior of Lake Town supported against something that has a higher fight value, if neither side has a banner, you're winning only about um, four out of ten fights. Suddenly, if you do have a banner, then it's pretty much a coin flip. Uh, I believe it's something like 47% chance of you winning the fight versus two attacks um, on the other side with higher fight. And so if you consider the fact that you now are giving this to your entire army, not just uh, not just six inches, but like 12. Um, yeah, which is suddenly, basically the army. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You suddenly almost increase your fight value to like fight four or fight five, almost sort of almost by default because of how the math works out. So then suddenly your six point uh, peasants are suddenly able to beat back elves on the basis that A, there's more of them and B, with these banner rerolls, they're pretty much winning the same amount of fights as the elves are. 
That's actually an excellent analysis of it. I actually like that one. So, yeah, the the force bard probably more than any other figure in the game. He probably has the biggest force multiplier effect for his yeah. army. Yeah. Um, which you know, which is kind of the conundrum of bard because as we'll as we'll talk about in a moment when we get to his kids, um, bard actually is a significant heavy hitter. Um, and there's always this trade-off of, you know, I have all this combat power in Bard and I want to use it, but on the other hand, I can't afford to let him get into a situation where he's going to get killed mm -hmm. because once Bard gets killed, this whole army falls apart and yeah. Bard can die because he's only defense five. I mean, he's got three fate, but he's only defense five. So if he takes a big punch or he gets knocked off his horse and onto his ground, onto the ground, um, he can go down, and once he does go down, you know, that's generally the game, unless you've already kind of sewn it up somehow. This list highly benefits from also having uh, a wizard, in which we'll discuss uh, briefly probably, because he's not actually in this list. Uh, he's just, well, he's in the list, but not like in the, the actual book list. But he, um, without him, otherwise, he's really susceptible to magic. Even with him, honestly, if you, if you have enough magical firepower, you, if, if you can just somehow neutralize Bard, he takes the army down with him for the most part, making him stand still. He still pr provides the banner effect and all of that. So you, you actually have to kill him. But honestly, anyone playing against this army should be making killing Bard the absolute priority because yet, yeah, as Matt said, like it doesn't function at all without him. Uh, I mean, you can kind of make it work, but for the most part, it doesn't function anymore. Um, I think, uh, I, I guess unless, I mean, we're probably going to be talking about Bard through three other profiles. So I suppose we can just move to the next one with uh, Mick. What, what's the next profile that we have? So the very next profile in the book is the two daughters, Sigrid and Tilda. So you're paying 30 points for both of them. They're independent heroes, uh, which means most of the time they'll be coming inside Bard's Warbound. Um, Sigrid has fight value two, strength two, defense two, one attack, one wound, courage four. And Tilda has fight one, and this um, strength two, defense two, one attack, uh, one wound, and courage three. Uh, they both have zero might, one will, and two fate points. Um, Sigrid and Tilda may only be included in your army if it also includes Bard, obviously, or Bane, son of Bard. Uh, Sigrid and Tilda may only be in either Bard the Bowman's or Bane's uh, son of Bard's warband, and not the warband of another hero. Uh, they are both unarmed, so they always suffer minus one to win and to wound. And then their special rules are da, down here. Bard Bowman and Bane, son of Bard, receive a bonus of plus one to their fight value if they are within six inches of either Sigrid or Tilda. If Bard or Bane are within six inches of both Sigrid and Tilda, when Bard or Bane uh, receive a bonus of plus one fight value and may call a heroic combat each turn without expending might points. So in summary, if both of them are within six of Bard, he gets plus one fight into fight six and gets to call three heroic combats each turn. Then the second special rule is something to fight for. If either Sigrid or Tilda are slain, Bard will automatically pass all courage tests. Yay. Additionally, when Bard moves, he must charge the model that killed his daughter if possible. Nah. This is not possible. <laughs> Bard must move as close as possible to the model that killed his daughter. Once the model uh, that killed his daughter has been slain, Bard must move as fast as possible towards the nearest visible enemy model for the, uh, for the rest of the game, charging if possible. 
It is possible for two models to be the target of Bard's Rage if both Sigrid and Tilla have been slain. In this case, Bard will target the closest of these two models until it has been slain, following which he will immediately target the second model. Once both models have been slain, Bard must continue to move as fast as possible towards the nearest visible enemy model for the rest of the game, charging if possible. So basically, if one of these girls dies, um, Bard goes crazy, he will try to kill the killer of the girls, and then if the killer is dead, then Bard will just go into combat everywhere uh, whenever possible. So this is one of those um, situations where they have a very, very good uh, bonus to Bard in that he gets to call his free heroics and uh, becomes fight six. But if either of them goes down, Bard may just go crazy and basically give the game away by going in the wrong place at the wrong time, getting himself surrounded and, and, and dying. You know what? Honestly, this is one of the more interesting aspects of Bard because it, it kind of creates a new way to deal with him. But at the same time, like he gains, he's so powerful with these girls that I very rarely see anyone not play with them. Have, I mean, do you guys ever think there's a time where you would not bring the girls if you could afford it? Maybe. Like, but only if like I had like a double wizard lists or something mm. like that. Yeah, there there's certain lists you wouldn't want to play against and have the the girls, but I think most of the time you bring them. I mean, most of the time you bring them out. I mean, it, it it is fun to have this kind of thought experiment of you know what would happen if um, an attack by Azog's legions happened to coincide with bring your kids to work day. So, <laughs> you know, it, it is kind of this 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 fun little. Uh, um, this fun little thing, and, and, you know, prevent, yeah, it, it creates all these atmospheric little moments about how could you kill a child? <laughs> <laughs> and somebody starts, you know, targeting them, you know, which occasionally you'll see, you'll see this ring wraith on fell beast, you know, being threatened by Bard and his entire army. But, but no, he's going to cast the black dart at see, at the little girl in the background <laughs> of the army. <laughs> you know. <laughs> This is very true. They're like the target all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Even like catapult it. shots seem to just <laughs> yeah. always go toward the women, the little yeah. girls. <laughs> here, I, here I am, a lord of evil, up here on my fell beast, and there's this guy with a strength four bow who's continually shooting at me. But there's a little girl over there, and I want her dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also where, where you might question Legolas's um, choices in life if he, if he decides to snipe little girls. <laughs> I hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, I, I actually applaud GW for even having the uh, the fortitude, I guess I'll say, to put children in the game. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, right. but, uh, but basically, I mean, for those hearing for the competitive advice, I mean, you know, the, the, these two girls are something you always take because with two fate, and the point of will is kind of irrelevant because most of the time, if someone has compel or something like that, you can easily oh, surround dart, them with people you anyway. Still, you can still resist yeah, the it's... black dart. Yeah. And if, the if, two if fate... there's Ringwraith on the other side, there's going to be like three or four black darts going their way throughout the game. Or they actually survive. Like that. In most fights, I find that these girls survive most encounter, like most games. I don't know. Have you all, like, I've played against survivors a lot, and they're actually annoyingly difficult to kill many yeah. times. They are annoyingly difficult to kill, but one, I mean, one thing that does end up happening, and this is something to think about, you know, particularly when you're playing, when you're playing with or against Bard, is what it means is Bard tends to fight around pieces of terrain like buildings. 
And the reason he ends up fighting around those buildings is the girls will be huddling behind the building and Bard will be out, you know, fighting somewhere within six inches of them. So if you're playing with or against survivors of Lake Town and Sigrid and Tilda running around, you should you should keep an eye on the board for where you think Bard needs to fight. And then you can either like send your, if you're opposing survivors of Lake Town, maybe you send your army someplace else so that you're not fighting amongst buildings. Um, or, you know, if you are survivors of Lake Town, maybe that's, you know, that's the key to your de- where your defensive position is going to be is someplace yeah. where Sigrid and Tilda have a um, covered position. Um, you know, I notice as I'm looking at this profile, uh, they're one of the, the few profiles in this list that has the keyword of women. And I'm now yeah. curious to see who yeah. else. Eowyn, has, Eowyn does has it. Yeah. Okay. Eowyn has the keyword woman. And uh, I think because Arwen has elf. Mm-hmm. So she's not a woman. She's so not a woman. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there is actually uh, when you use Gothmog. Yep. And you it, you like use his ability on men. It will. Oh, not this affect. doesn't work. Doesn't <laughs> That's great. Work <laughs> as long as they're not an elf, then they have the keyword woman. So I believe, as of current, that's just Eowyn and these girls. Oh, yeah. Hilda. I I would absolutely love if there was some special rule that went with the Witch King, where he was somehow more vulnerable. To figures that didn't have the key, well, figures that did not have the keyword men. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So that the I women that could get great. it. That would be great. I I think that's awesome. I'm like, uh, I I like the fact that they actually changed it to woman. It, it's yeah. like kind of a, <laughs> there's so few of them in the game that it barely impacts anything. But it's like it is kind of a unique little loophole. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe what you do is you say that um, the Witch King like re-rolls his, re-rolls his fate um, mm-hmm. against figures with the keyword men. Yeah. Honestly, I, I would say um, I'm, I'm surprised that they did it only because man in the context of man, I don't think it was trying to refer to gender. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like, oh, all of man, like, you know, whatever. And that's usually a an old English saying to say like, you know, all of humankind. So I am surprised, but I think they did that in the today's modern, like kind of <laughs> social it, times. It, it would be great though, to see some actual, uh, I mean, well, I mean the golf mog example is a great one where it actually has an impact. I think that's the great. Man <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the time, so, the time, the time of men is at an end, but the time of women is still going on. <laughs> yes. Still. So good to go. <laughs> so I guess we'll get to the next profile that is also considered an auto include with Bard, and uh, or actually is that the next profile? I think it's Bane, right? Bane. Yeah, Bane's the, the next profile. Alfred uh, is actually in the Survivors yeah. of Lake Town list, but we probably should talk about yeah, it. Yeah, let's talk about I, Alfred for a second here because yeah. Alfred, although in the Army of Lake Town, it's where his profile is. He is huge in this list. Um, so you you absolutely want to bring him up, Matt? Do you have his profile for me? Uh, I do. So um, Alfred, the counselor, is 20 points. He is man, Lake Town, infantry hero. He is actually a hero of fortitude, but I believe... No, he drops to independent. Yeah, yeah he's, an in, he's an independent hero if taken as part of this list. So he can't... Which is great. That's actually a good thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> because it means he can show up in Bar's Warband where he always shows up. Um, and so he's move six, fight three, Strength three, defense three, one attack, one wound, courage three, 
which is actually surprisingly good, I think, for him. Uh, zero might. Let's put an asterisk next to that for right now. Three will and one fate. He is unarmed, so he's probably not killing anything, but you take him because of his special rule, dubious counsel. Alfred can choose to expend any number of will points at the start of the priority phase before any dice are rolled. For each point of will he expends, nominate a single friendly Lake Town hero model within six inches. And it has to be a Lake Town hero model. So this does not, this, so he cannot give um, his will to Gandalf or any allies or anything like that. Not anymore. Like back in the not day, anymore. giving, giving yeah. seven or nine might to Legolas and then shooting away. <laughs> hey, there's nothing, nothing better than having a six might wizard running around. Um, uh, within six inches, so you roll a d6 for each point of will he expends. For each roll of a two plus, the hero that he nominated gets a uh, might point. On a roll of a one, he steals a might point from that hero and gives it to himself. Uh, and so usually what ends up happening is you there's, a there's basically about a 50-50 shot that you're going to get all of all three of these rolls off, in which case you're going to end up with a six point bard or, you know, conceivably something else. But usually now that you can't dump them into uh, um, Gandalf, you're dumping them all into bard. Uh, and you could end up with the possibility of a four might bard um, and a one might Alfred the counselor. Um, you could have a horrific outcome and end up, with a, I think a two might bard and a two might Alfred, um, a zero but... might bard and three might Alfred. If yeah, you know it's now, possibly very unlikely. Yeah, anybody, anybody out there, let us know if that's ever happened to you. I don't think I've ever seen that happen, but I've never seen it. No. But but most people, their first God, if it did. <laughs> I mean, the, the the because of the rarity that Alfred actually takes might from you. Most actions in the beginning of the game is just to take all of the will and just immediately dump it in the dump bar. It in the, most bar. Reason, the biggest reason people do that is because the the uh, if you do that, it happens in the priority phase, so therefore it's unstoppable. You can't do anything. Sap will, nothing. So if you just do it right in the beginning of the game, then other than a Maelstrom missions where he's not capable of doing that on that very first turn, then it's just a way to secure Bart's, uh, Alfred's use. After that, Alfred is just some guy who wanders around. And that's, right. Yeah, he, that, that's his purpose. Uh, well, uh, unless you strengthen will him with. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah you yeah. can have Gandalf, which never seems to happen because you always seem to have a better use for, yeah. for Gandalf than a 50 50 shot of strengthening Alfred's will, unless the other guy's just sitting on the other side of the table. But, some people will ally in Bomber, but I actually don't find that to be the best use. Honestly, 45 yeah. points just to. Potentially right. recharge Alfred. Yeah. So, um, the uh, but yeah, I think you do it all in the first turn. I, I've seen some people who only do it like one might or one will point at a time. At a time, but I mean, I guess there's certain certain armies against which that's safe to do. I never quite understood the purpose of that anymore. There's, but there's sometimes possibilities where you may want to give a might point to a captain because the captain has a heroic march and Bard doesn't. Yeah, um, yeah. I played against some people who would give one to Bard, give one to Captain, and then and then, and then, and then keep one back in case they wanted to give another one to Captain for another march. Mm. But it's yeah. very rare. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, but on the other hand, you could. I mean, when are you going to use more than two marches? That's pretty rare on this list. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, this is also, I mean, this is a list also, especially if it takes Gandalf, they can get away without a heroic march. Um, just because it's got a it's got a lot of firepower, so it tends to drag armies toward you, and it's got a lot of numbers, so that it can, you know, it it, can, it doesn't it doesn't depend on having like a few guys that run out and grab a couple of objectives. It it you know it has enough mass that it can kind of yeah. move to various points on the battlefield, especially yeah. with a twelve inch banner. Um, so uh, so I don't know. I mean, I think that I think nine times out of 10, you're just dumping all three of your will points into Bard on the first turn of the game. So with that in mind, basically Bard becomes, he, he starts off 165 points because you give him armor and a horse and a bow, or you think he already has a bow. And then he immediately jumps to 20 more points. So 185, because you're always taking Alfred. I think, I mean, well, unless you guys disagree. Yeah, uh, I think that's right. Uh, he starts 155 yeah. with armor and bow, uh, uh, with armor and horse. Armor and horse. Yeah. He's 155. Under, yeah. 155, then you tack another 50 points on, and he's like 200 Yeah, points. basically another 200 50 upgrade. 205. 205. So yeah. effectively, that is him. And, and, and for the most part, you should almost think of his profiles, just those two characters are upgrades to him. I mean, reasonably. So um, I think at all points levels, I would do that, except for like maybe at 600, you sacrifice Gandalf, and you just keep Bard. But I still think you would do this still. <laughs> So um, we're not going to go into Gandalf's profile. He's in a lot of other lists that we will discuss. So, and hopefully by the time this comes out, you will have heard our discussion on the Wizards podcast. So, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so well, refer to that. Well, there's one thing worth noting in that Gandalf actually gets to lead troops here, and he gets he to take 15 yeah. late time warriors with him. Right, so which is why big. you see Gandalf. I, yeah. Honestly, I think that's the the trifecta you always see. You always see Gandalf that Bard. And like, especially at 800, 750, 800 points, you always see those two together. Um, and it used to be that you could make Gandalf your leader and that way have Bard safely go around. But now Bard is the hero of legend. So you're not, you, you, you basically have Gandalf there supporting Bard, which makes it an excellent like combo. So because those are two pretty strong heroes doing that. So, um, so we'll go into the next character, which is Bane. And uh, so, I think, uh, so Nick, a, do you... The, the, yep. Yep. He's the other kid who we didn't say was an auto include, and we'll go into why. So <laughs> go ahead know, and uh, read it. He is the only other character in this in this list who comes with a heroic strike, other than Bilbo Baggins. Um, so someone might argue that you should take him because of that. But let's see. So he's forty points. He's a man lake down infantry hero, minor hero. Uh, move six, fight three, uh, strength three, defense three, one attack, two wounds, courage four, one might, three will, and two fate. He comes with a sword, and whilst um, he is within six inches of Bard, he gains a bonus of plus one to his courage. And plus, uh, additionally, Sigrid and Tilda, uh, uh, their rules also affect him. So if, let's say, uh, he was within six inches of them, he would get another point of fight. Um, and in and addition, the, he also benefits from the combat. Yeah, well, and he also gets the benefit of the savior of Lake Town rule from Bard. Yes. So if he is within 12 inches of Bard and six inches of Sigurd Tilda, he actually goes up to fight five. He does, mm. yeah. And he has a heroic strike. Mm-hmm. However, he is 40 points and only capable of bringing f- six models with him. Whilst there, there are other heroes in this list at 30 or 50 points, capable of bringing um, 12 models each. 
So Bane is definitely not the first uh, character you would pick, but but eventually um, there is a spot somewhere in this list for him. Yeah, I think you nailed it dead on where that's the reason you don't pick him. He's points heavy for what he's doing because even if you have him around the girls and uh, Bard, he's still a fairly weak character getting that fight five and the, the, the Hura combats. He gets free Hura combats too, right? Like, I'm sorry, did I hear yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He... yeah. He does, so realistically, what you're doing is, you're, uh, yeah, you're realistically pairing him with another hero. But the problem becomes of which other hero is that? Because Bard doesn't need Bane for that purpose. So the only reason he would use Bane for that purpose is if Bard is heroic striking, and then Bane is doing the heroic combat in the same fight. But other than that, there's not too many other characters that are going to really be able to deliver the hitting blow for Bard to be that supple. I'm sorry, Bane to be that supplemental, like win the fight. Um, you might say Gandalf charging in with Gramjuring on horse. Uh, that's possible. It could be your play, but that's the problem. I think most people are going to run into bringing this particular character. There's nothing else. So, like, if you're allying, maybe, maybe if instead you decided to ally with, you know, Thranduil. And you had Thranduil's halls and you have Thranduil running around and Bane kind of supports him with that. But like, that's probably about it. Like, otherwise you probably leave Bane out. Matt, have well, you ever seen any of your use for Bane? Yeah. Well, no. I, I mean, I've, I've played against this list a bunch of times and I played against Bane a bunch of times and he is, yeah, there's, there's two uses for Bane. I mean, one is, as you say, going in with another hero. And I think, by the way, going in against, going in with Bilbo, is actually a really good use for him um, where like Dane goes in the front, Bilbo puts on the ring, goes in the back. Um, and then you, you know, then you trap a guy and it could be an ordinary guy. Um, yeah. And then slingshot you kill that Bilbo. guy. Yeah. You slingshot Bilbo. Um, and then Bane can go on and, you know, kill somebody else or just, you know, just an additional um, heroic combat where like Bane with, um, you know, a spearman behind him um, go into one guy and he calls the heroic combat. And if they kill him, they kill him. And then he just moves on and, and can gang up on a second guy. And it's just, it, it's the free heroic combats are, are a really useful aspect of them. I think you do have to kind of think about whether you want to invest 40 points in doing that. But if you're like, you know what, I'm going to, I've got an 800 point list. I'm only going to take survivors of Lake town. Um, I, I think there is definitely a, a place for him and a, and a way to use him. Yeah. All right. So reasonably, probably he's the pick after you've already selected Gandalf and Bard and, and the girls and everybody else and Alfred. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I will like say this on the hero in this list. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this, there's, there's a couple other heroes we're going to talk about in a moment, but something to consider in this list is who they ally with. And I think that's one of the reasons you don't see Bane more is because this list comes with a lot of green allies. Um, basically all the, yeah, it, it, they can, they can green oh, ally God. with, uh, yeah, all the battle of five armies crew. So they can have dwarfs in this list. They can have Thorin in this list. They can have Thranduil in this list and still retain um, barred super abilities. And that's why I think that's why you tend not to see Bane more is a lot of times the third hero somebody picks with this list is a green ally. Um, and, uh, you know, and, you know, obviously, if you put Thorin and Goat on this in this list, um, that's a better free hero combat option than Bane is. Yeah. I guess um, 
And so I guess Bane aside, we're moving on to the next hero that Mick will read off. So that's Percy. Uh, he is right. 50 points. Uh, he's a man, Lake Down, infantry hero, fortitude. He is fight three with shooting value of three plus. Strength four, defense four, two attacks, two wounds, courage four. Then he's got three might, one will, one fate. He comes with a sword and a bow. Um, he can call it heroic accuracy. And his special rule is archers this way. Percy and Lake Down militia within six inches of Percy may reroll once to hit when making shooting attacks with a bow. So, so I think. Oh, God. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no sorry. <laughs> it just was like an immediate thought was um, the six inch bubble radius that he has mm -hmm. kind of forces you to go against our common advice. Normally on this channel, we often say take your archers and split them into multiple different warbands so you can have multiple shooting lanes. Whereas Percy sort of tells you, no, don't take that advice and throw all the archers in his warband. I mean, is that something you guys have seen with him? I mean, sure, but. This army specifically is just such a bubble army with all these other effects, like the the uh, 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 the bars bonuses, the, uh, the the kids bonuses, Percy's bonus, and then uh, as we're gonna see, Gandalf's bonus very soon, uh, Gandalf's bonus. Everyone just tries to bubble up anyway. So, so it's a it's a pretty big bubble, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, unless you're unless you're significantly worried about being outshot and you want to stay within six inches of Gandalf, mm -hmm. that bubble is two feet across. Um, so you can have, and, and I agree. I mean, when you see Percy, you tend to see Percy with like a dozen, you know, the, the 12 archers in the list sitting next to him and they, you know, kind of set themselves up where they've got a good arc of fire over, you know, the approach route. And then you've got, you've got kind of the, you know, you've, you've got kind of your, your shooting wing, which is Percy that kind of sits off somewhere and shoots. Then you've got your fighting wing with Bard um, that's going to go in and hit people head on. And, you know, Percy, Percy's best role is basically to take a bunch of archers, go off to the side somewhere and kind of shoot into the flank while everybody else is fighting Bard. And I mean, you do still have Bard's great bow, which is probably going to be someplace else. And that almost on its own is kind of your second, um, you know, your second block of shooters. So, because that, that great bow does can do tremendous amounts of damage if you ignore it and you don't engage Bard. Um, so you can do that where you split, you know, Percy and his boys kind of off to one side and then Bard, you know, kind of in the middle or off to the other side, shooting and getting the other angle. Yeah, uh, I just realized another thing and that uh, if, Bard, uh, if Bard is mounted, uh, he can be shooting easily from, from, let's say, third or fourth rank because of how yeah. everything is positioned uh, uh just in case people uh, listening are not aware so normally you would be shooting from from behind your shoulder so um a, a second rag model would be able to shoot over the first but ultimately shooting is done through um line of sight so if you have a mounted hero shooting from uh, from somewhere where the line of sight is not obscured by any other lines you can even be shooting from like fourth or like 15th rank if if your target is clearly visible. Yep. And that's the whole line of sight rules gets a little tricky because uh, you can actually shenanigan that a lot, depending on how your models are positioned. You often yeah. see people have high elves in the third rank firing because they they'll have like the way they're positioned. They're kind of like this, this sort of like, <laughs> yeah, 
So, you see lots of people like turn their models sideways to get yeah. benefit from them. I, the, the, the line of sight rules cannot die too quickly. For my taste. <laughs> that is, that, it I is mean, a bit of an absurd thing. Some people even lie down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so what is the official? Is the official rule that you draw a line of sight from the head, and that's what from the head? Yeah, yeah, it's from the face. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's where that's where smog gets tricky because sometimes he's in range of 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 of, of firing at something with his, with his fire breath, but he can't see it because his head is behind a building. Yeah. 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 You gotta poke the head out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I remember doing that because I. I I was just playing a game where I had Gway here where I had to actually like position the model because it, it's the, it's the new forge world Gway here where he's kind of like doing, he's leaning forward and doing something with his head. And he was like hiding behind a building. And it looked like he was like this e giant Eagle is poking his head out from beside <laughs> behind the building. So he could see around to charge, <laughs> but still it's get so covered silly. from the building. It but, is definitely an ancient rule that's sort of, probably yeah. needs to go away just just measure base to base and if any part of the base is obstructed you get it in the way i mean and be done with it you know how many games would actually like finish if they made that yeah. rule change <laughs> so i guess uh regarding percy you're at a point now where we've already mentioned bard is an auto include we mentioned that alfred and the kids are auto includes we mentioned that gandalf is a very possibly include most likely if not auto include and then Matt touched on a great point, which is you're, you're generally bringing an ally. So this is why you'll probably never see Percy. <laughs> and so, oh, the, and then you need a captain still. Yeah, well, I mean, there are people who will just bring Survivors of Laytown, and that is a perfectly viable list build. Mm -hmm. I don't want to suggest that you have to take an ally with this That's list. True. And I think if you aren't going to take an ally, then I think Percy is probably the next one down on your list. Unless well, you have what about a captain from our captain? Though. Well, actually, no, no, no. Matt made a good point, though. Matt made a good point about the, the shooting. Most of the time, you're bringing the enemy to you. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes, you don't have too much of a need to march. Yeah, I am actually okay in this list not having a march. I mean, the only time you really kind of run into problems with that is in Reconnoiter. But still, you have enough figures mm -hmm. that you can generally kind of like, I'm going to be, I'm going to, my deployment is going to be board wide. So neither one of us are getting off and we're going to fight a battle somewhere in the middle. Um, just because you have, I mean, you got cheap dudes. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think this is, a, I mean, which is not to say that you don't want to take a march in some circumstances, but um, I don't think you need to. And generally if, if you are doing pure survivors of Lake town and you're going to have, and you're going to have Percy, you've got enough points to take a captain anyway so it's not a do i take personally or i take the captain take both and that's uh i i guess then really the toss-up here becomes between percy and hilda whom is the next profile here and which it seems like matt's already on the side of take percy <laughs> so let's find out why uh, go ahead, Matt. Read your Hilda's profile. Yeah, and for the record, it's not because I'm a misogynist. But Hilda <laughs> Bianca is 30 points. Um, she has the woman keyword. So uh, she, like um, the girls, is not affected by Gothmog's special rule. Uh, Lake Town Infantry Hero. Hero of Fortitude, so she can bring uh, uh, 12 of her buddies with her. She's move six. Fight two. Um, strength three. Defense three. One attack. Uh two wounds, courage five. 
Um, so, and then one might, one will, one fate. She has a spear, so she can support from the second rank. Her heroic action is heroic strength. Meh. Um, her special rule is stand by our men, um, which probably isn't the best advertisement for feminism here, but that's what the rule is. <laughs> if Hilda Bianca charges, then during the ensuing fight phase, Hilda Bianca and Lake Town Militia within three inches of her um, gain a bonus of plus one to wound if they charge that turn. So this is a change from the way it was before. The way it was before, Hilda B Bianca could support from the second rank and give this bonus to folks within three inches. Now she has to charge, and she's really not somebody you want in the front rank um, just because she's fragile and she's only fight three. Uh, and that, By the way, that fight three assumes she's getting the bonus from Bard. Um, and it's only a three-inch bubble of of plus one to wound. So yeah, I mean, she's 20 points cheaper than Percy, but I think Percy's going to give you a lot more bang for your buck. Um, especially since he's got two more might along with his uh, special rule. Um, so Hilda Bianca is one of those figures where it's like, you know, I'm doing a thousand points of survivor of like survivors of late town. So I'm going to throw every figure in the list here. And then, then you take Hilda. I mean, you can you can make it work. You can do stuff with her, but um, you can probably find a better use for thirty. She points. gives up plus one to wound to all Lake Towners, right? Like even the no, heroes. No, Lake Town Militia and herself. Oh, that's important. And herself. Yeah. It's okay because I was about to say I'm like you pair with Bard or Bane, but then I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. So, reasonably, yeah, this was a change from the previous edition. I think it's actually more thematic than it was before because in the movies you see Hilda charging out first and then she dies pretty much immediately. Um, and which now it's, that's what's happening. Uh, she's going to charge out and just die pretty much immediately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fall next to so, our men. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they literally do get slaughtered. Like as soon as the yeah. lines clash, it's <laughs> yeah. just like start tossing <laughs> yeah. them around. They yeah, just so, like, all kill. So taking Hilda Bianca wasn't even a good idea in the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so basically, yeah, this is this is one of those profiles that, in the sake of being more thematic, they made her into this like one or two turn gimmick, assuming you can keep her alive, <laughs> and so which is fine. I suppose they, if they increased maybe the range to six inches or something like that, or made them all fearless, maybe that would have been. I, I'm not sure, but because um, that's ultimately what they did, right? She made them. Fearless, uh, fearless yeah. rather than right. making them stronger. Um, so that probably would have been a greater use for her. But as she's written now, yeah, you're probably not going to take her over a captain or Percy or just an ally. <laughs> right. Well, there's a, there's what do you think, Nick? Have you seen would, a lot of use for her? Well, would you take her over Bane? No. Uh, I would take because, her over Bane, uh, personally. Like... Unless you have the Bilbo combo that... Yeah. Matt was talking about over. I, I personally would because of the leading 12 troops. Mm -hmm. So she that's her major use. That's what I would say. Yeah. If you're going to talk about a use for her, it's after you have all your might, which with Bard isn't very hard because you already have six points of might on him most of the time anyway. And then after you have another hero bringing an extra might, then if your goal is to bring troops in, mm -hmm. but Percy's taking up four slots for your troops because he's 20 points more, 
Well, then Hilda becomes an attractive choice to lead in more swarms of infantry. Yeah, I guess um, she's, I think this, I mean, she is 10 points cheaper than a captain. I will say that. For yeah, her. but I think, yeah. I think I would still rather have another, another captain to lead those 12 troops rather than, rather than Hilda. Yeah, I think that's but true. It's, it's, it, it seems to me that like, she's, she's really fighting to have like, the, the spot of the last hero you would ever take in this list. Yeah. And she's just barely losing out to a captain who's only 10 points more. Yeah. Um, so unless, captain, you wanna, unless you want to kill the Witch King. The, for the cat, for, for Hilda? Right, because she's a woman. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, or unless you're fighting as Gothmog. Okay, so. I, <laughs> I'll say this. I personally would still see room to bring her over a captain. Um, for 10 points less, sure. But realistically, a captain's usefulness is gone once he's out of might. So once it's two might points, and yes, you have Alfred, I understand that, but most people are going to dump it on a bard. And so uh, a captain's usefulness starts to degrade pretty quickly after he burns out a might. Like after that, he's just a two-attack warrior. Uh, whereas if you charge Hilda at, let's say, the Witch King, I mean, you know, the joke aside, if you were to actually charge into the Witch King and then maybe somehow get enough Lake Towners onto a Fel Beast or a monster or something like that, they become a pretty viable threat in the fact that for that one turn, I mean, obviously, if they lose the fight, then well, that's it. But for that one turn, if you throw her in there and uh, have all those Lake Towners, you could almost guarantee the kill. Uh, with all the plus one to wound on there. So the, it's it's an interesting option. I do agree that you're probably going to find more uses with Heroic March, even though, as Matt pointed out, you don't need it most of the time. But I think there is, like, she's not useless. I think that her role is really to bring in 12 more troops at a very affordable cost and then give you that one turn of plus one to wound. I mean, there's, so. there's also going to be situations where, let's say, you put her into, into, into a safe combat. Because she's uh, she's still on two wounds normally, so even yeah. if she was to lose that combat, um, let's say you get her into a, a random orc, give her support, and then all of your other troops within three inches get the plus one. The next turn yeah. you do a similar thing of just put her into a very safe combat, so then you could get the bonus over several turns. Also, do the lake tanners have to charge to get this bonus? Yes. Well, 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 she has a charge. No, it's the Lake Tanners do as well. They oh, have yes, to charge. Yes, 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 they have to charge too. Which is, uh, okay. I mean, which is another part of the problem with this is if you lose priority, then mm-hmm. eh. yeah. So her point of might is probably going to be only used to call heroic moves. Effectively, yeah, probably so. Maybe uh, a heroic combat, most likely a heroic. Yeah, I'd still rather take Bane. I mean, you could always call it heroic <laughs> strength. Get yourself to strength six. Get the plus one to wound and kill somebody. There you go. <laughs> right. But then you got to win the fight somehow with, you know, fight three and one attack. <laughs> okay. So. You do get well, the as Will said bar, earlier, actually. you have a 47% chance of doing it. So. <laughs> so, you're okay. so um, I guess with her out of the way, then let's get to the one and briefly talk about the captain whom we have alluded to several times. Here. Oh, wait a second. We, we don't, there, there's one. There's one more we oh, need to talk Bilbo. about. Oh, yes. You're right. I forgot about Bilbo. Bilbo, so, Bilbo Baggins, Master Burglar. Go ahead into him. What, what, do, we, what do we got with him? Because he's very different from his Thorn profile, the, the Thorns company profile. He is. Am I, am I doing Bilbo? Yeah. I can't uh, remember what it was. You did uh, Hilda, right? So I okay, did Hilda. Go ahead and read I'll, off I'll Bilbo. All right. So Bilbo is 90 points. Uh, Hobbit, infantry hero, hero fortitude. He moves four, has fight three uh, with three plus to hit. Strength two, defense six, one attack, two wounds, encourage six. Three mind, three will, three fate. 
He carries the One Ring, myth a Mithril Coat, and Sting. Mithril Coat means that he gets plus three to his uh, to his defense, which is already included, uh, so he's defense six. Uh, sting means that uh, uh, Sting is an Elven made dagger. Additionally, while carrying Sting, a model adds plus one to their strength when making strikes. So normally, uh, Bilbo's strength two. Uh, with uh, uh, whenever he strikes, he strength three. His heroic actions are heroic resolve, strike, and defense. And then special rules. He is resistant to magic. He throws stones with strength one and range eight. And it has not yet awoken. The, the one ring itself um, loses the, uh, the, the, the negative uh, side of it. So uh, Bilbo uh, ignores the Sauron's will sec a section of the one ring. And if Bilbo is the only model left on the controlling player's side and is wearing the ring, he is not removed as casualty, as would normally be the case. So that second part will be very rare. But the first part, the fact that he ignores the, the side effects of, of, of wearing the ring, which is um, if you were to roll a one or two, your opponent gets to control it, um, that's quite big. Because uh, 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 essentially, Bilbo gets all of the benefits, but none of the downsides. So his opponents will always be getting their their fight value halved, which makes Bilbo a very, very strong character here, especially in combination with someone like Bard, where if they gang up together against somebody, that's, uh, that somebody will very often just, just outright die. And as we mentioned before, Bane and Bilbo is also a potentially uh, good combination because Bane can go to fight five, and so Bilbo uh, and Bane together will be drawing fights against um, even uh, fight 10 on the, on the other side. Plus additionally, Bilbo has heroic strikes. So even if he just goes up against anyone uh, just by himself, if, if he's wearing the ring, anything of a three plus on the heroic strike will always win him fights if, if they are drawn. And he's got three might to do it with too. Correct. And he is a hero of fortitude. So he also gets to bring warriors from this, from this army list. Yeah, because of all those scenes in the movie where he like was rallying survivors of White Town <laughs> and leading. The, oh, oh no, wait, there are no scenes like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he's a hero, hero of fortitude, but he is. I, I don't know. I he's he's he, but, but he should be an big character. Yeah, he should. It, the fact that he leads troops sets him into the highest tier of heroes here, like not equivalent to Bard and Gandalf, but just below that, where he yeah, is. He is often the hero. third guy that you take. Well, uh, yeah, I mean. If we're setting aside Alfred and the girls as part of Bard, he Bilbo yeah. is often the third guy that that gets taken. Um, and uh, we haven't alluded to him the whole video so far, but like or this podcast so far. But yeah, that, he's um he's pretty much makes him into what the Goblin King and Gollum are in Goblin Town army. It's mm -hmm. it's as Mick said, he, the combo of him and Bard means that you will kill anything that these two go against for the most part. Um, if you can get them both in contact with the same enemy, uh, the, the three might is also another very welcome addition. <laughs> like, normally he has one point of might, um, but he has three might with heroic strike. It's just like, well, I mean, he's fight three starting off, but he has the ring on, so it doesn't matter. You, you, if you roll a five, then most heroes in the game, with the exception of the Balrog and Sauron, automatically will lose the fight against you. And, the you also should keep in mind the the recent upgrades to the ring and the invisibility rule so it now bilbo can you know put on the ring and once he's got i mean there's no downside to putting on the ring so he could put on the ring turn one 
Yeah. Um, and then he could just he could just run through battle lines. Um, so it's much easier for him to get into contact with people than it was before. Um, particularly like, you know, mounted heroes where he can run from one side to the other. The only downside with Bilbo is his four inch move, um, which means sometimes you can have trouble getting Bilbo into the right place on the battlefield, which means that sometimes you may actually want to take a captain in a list with Bilbo to make sure he can march to get to where he needs to be. Um, because oftentimes the battle will kind of drift away from Bilbo and his short stubby legs are, are too small to get him to catch up with, you know, the key figure that he needs to try and lock down and kill. I actually should clarify one thing I said. Um, I said, if you roll a five, uh, what I meant to say was if you roll to fight five. So if you literally roll a two or higher, then you will outfight anything in the game except for Sauron and a ball. <laughs> That's what I actually meant to say. Uh, so anyone who heard that, yeah, you roll literally any on a heroic strike, any two or higher, boom, you win the fight. Yeah, that's absurd. Well, you draw <laughs> so. a on on three plus, you win the fight. Yep. Yeah, essentially. And, and, and by the way, even if he if he's hooked up with, um, even when he's hooked up with Bane, because Elva because uh, Bilbo has the the Elven made dagger, even if nobody's calling a strike, um, you're still, and, and you know, if somebody strikes against you to get up to and gets up to fight 10, you're still going to win that fight. If you get to a six, two thirds yeah. of the time. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. nuts. <laughs> so, yeah. That's totally nuts. And then he leads troops on top of it. Yeah. yeah and then he leads troops on top of it. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, having, having Bilbo as kind of your third hero after Gandalf is a perfectly reasonable, role. um, way to go with this list you just you just then really i mean placement of bilbo becomes critical because he's just too slow oftentimes if you end up putting him in the wrong place to get to where he needs to be and then i mean 90 points is not cheap um that's um what 15 survivors of lake town that you're trading in to get him so you have to make sure that you get your points back out of him so if you're trying to hoard out or you're probably a newer player of the game, you probably might feel more comfortable with a captain mm-hmm. or Percy or someone else to bring in all these troops. Because yeah, if you, if you do screw up with Bilbo, then yeah, that's basically, I mean, in an 800 point game, it's an eighth of your army. That's just doing nothing. <laughs> and that, that can be pretty bad. So, um, so I absolutely agree there. Also, if you get him killed, uh, that's another thing. Like, I mean, what is he? He's defense six, what two wounds? Two wounds and three fights. Two, two wounds and three fights. Fight. He's actually he's actually really hard to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially with the with the ring on because nobody's gonna be you shooting can't shoot him. him. Nobody's yeah. gonna be using spells against him. Um, I mean, he can go down, but I mean, he's also he's also pretty difficult to charge. Um, yeah. so uh, uh, so it is kind of hard to kill him. Yeah, it is. Why? He's tough uh, to take what down. What about ring race? Ring race. Uh, don't really care about the ring being on. No, ring race don't care about the ring. So, so, yeah. of, so there was a lot of spells that can still go his way. Well, yeah, that's right. Well, and not only that, but a ring wraith on a fell beast can like ruin his whole day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of what we're saying here does not apply against ring race, and that's a, a valid point. Or Sauron, but it does against Sauron for some reason. Oh no, no, it doesn't. Never mind. No, he doesn't have the ring. I don't think yeah. he has the ring. He Sauron. doesn't have the ring if he the Sauron. Sauron he, he Sauron has the priority the in the ring. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you're better off with so, Hilda Bianca if you're fighting the Witch King. 
which of <laughs> course you won't be able to make that decision in games. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, all right. So now we go into the captain's profile. What do we got with him? And go ahead, Matt, you can read him off. Let me read him off. Okay. So like town militia captain, um, he, I mean, he's a captain. He's a, he's a fight three captain. Um, so he's not going to be winning any duels unless uh, bards around, but he's got a typical captain profile. He's got strength four, defense five, two attacks, two wounds, four courage, um, two might, one will, one fate. He comes with a pick and a spear, so he can also support from the second rank. Um, he has a heroic march, and he has the option to buy a shield. I think normally you're going to buy a shield because you don't want a, a uh, fight for, um, oh, I'm sorry, defense f- uh, five guy running around when you can have a uh, defense six guy running around. Um, and But, you know, he's a standard captain, and I think you often see him in this list because he's only 40 points. He's, he's, a, he's pretty reasonably costed. As long as he's within 12 inches of Bard, um, he is uh, um, going to go up to fight four. Um, and uh, uh, he's, you know, he's generally a, a good ad. And he's, you know, he's fight four, two attacks. He, and he's a guy you can stick in the, in the second rank because he's got a spear. Those are always useful to have because he can have like random um, Lake Town guy in front. And then he comes up behind the key place he needs to fight four and gives it to him. And he's the only Heroic March hero in his list. Yep. And yeah. that's probably the reason you bring him. Because yeah, the other characters are cheap enough. Where you can bring him... The, like, if you're just looking for 12 troops and you don't care about the Heroic March, you should probably just bring Percy or Hilda or someone else. But if uh, if you're actually looking for that Heroic March and, you know, then, yeah, then that's pretty much your option. Yeah. Um, some interesting dynamics well okay you know this is better discussion for warriors of lake town which so i'll, I'll bring it up then all right so where's lake town the only troop choice in this whole army the only one you'll ever need five points yep. uh they are men from lake town infantry and warriors uh move six fight value two shoot value four uh strength three defense four one attack one wound courage three uh they have an armor and sword or an axe uh, their options are bow for one point, shield for one point, and spear for one point. And a special rule, which is actually quite a cool one. Onwards, men of Eskergarth. Es- Esgrath. Lake Town Militia, that are within three inches of a friendly Lake Town hero model who is in combat, do not need to take courage tests for being broken. So this is a very cool rule in addition to, obviously, uh, bards, massive, stand fast, affecting heroes. These guys... If your opponent um, decides to charge your heroes after you've been broken, which is a very common tactic in in most games, where once one army breaks, heroes get charged, troops run away, these guys don't really care about that because heroes get charged and these guys automatically pass courage tests. Yeah, this is an incredibly powerful special rule uh, because it the way you break most horde armies is exactly as you mentioned with Meg, and this horde... It effectively, a, a survivors of Lake Town list will fight to the last man. Like mm-hmm. they, they absolutely they, they will survive. Yeah, they will survive. So they're not going anywhere, <laughs> which is kind of unfortunate. So, like beating this army, you really have to play them on scenario because that their, their troops are just not. Yeah, it, it's, it, I mean, and already, 
you know, Bard is always holding the army together anyway. Like, and if not Bard, then it's going to be Gandalf. Um, you know, at least stand fasting all over the place. So it's it's just it's a very difficult army to defeat through breaking it. So, all right, yeah. Matt, I know you had some commentary regarding. Oh, I, I, I was I was just going to talk about what we just talked about, which is that uh, okay. this is an army that doesn't run away. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's an army that's also surprisingly difficult to kill until Bard goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it, you know, th- these are these are cheap models at five points a pop. I mean, they're they're pointed at fight two models, but as long as Bard's within a foot, they're really fight three models that have a banner behind them mm-hmm. always. Yeah. And the the troops are the troops are essentially undercosted and undercosted by a significant amount as long as as bard is on the table i mean bard's really expensive so that i, I don't think it necessarily makes the army you know broken. unfairly yeah it's it's not a broken army um but uh you, you you get a lot more out of these guys in conjunction with bard than you otherwise would so since we very often mention Goblin Town on this on this podcast, do we think that this is the best army to play against Goblin Town with? Uh, to play because, against them? Yeah. Primarily because A, you have a lot of cheap troops who are significantly better than the Goblin Town troops. Um, with your uh, two attacks and a banner and higher fight value, you'll be winning about 70% of fights. You'll be killing on fours. And you'll be able to have a swarm that's not as big as, as Goblin Town Swarm, but but essentially quite big. And at the same time, you have your Goblin uh, a Goblin King Golem combo in Bard and Bilbo. Well, not only that, well, but you take away the yeah, I was about to mention the, that. the Goblin Town combo yeah. because Gollum doesn't have the ring. <laughs> Gollum's the last on the list of the, yeah. the tier list. Yeah. Bilbo already stole it. Um, yeah, I mean. I think we could get into a debate about whether this is the best town to counter Goblin, uh, best army to counter Goblin Town with, but I think it is clear that this is a very good army to counter Goblin yeah. Town for a variety. I mean, just even despite Goblin Town, I mean, this army has what most armies ally to try to get. I mean, you have magical firepower, a strong hard-hitting hero, uh, hordes that actually are effective in fighting as long as the hero is around, at least. Um, I mean, a lot of things, options that other armies need to ally to get, these guys already have kind of built in. They just don't have, like, a solid shield wall. But to be honest, like, with the numbers you can get in this list, it almost doesn't matter. I mean, um, you actually can get a solid shield wall out of this. Yeah. I mean, it, with you can get... I mean, you basically have a shield wall of orcs, all of which have banners behind them. Yeah. Mm. And you have enough numbers that you can go too deep pretty much all across the line when you need to. Um, and... Uh, you know that's that's pretty tough. So, well, let's, let's talk about the when. What are the weaknesses of this list? What does this list really fear fighting against? Uh, this list fears fighting against um, fight for high defense troops mm-hmm. um, because that's when they lose the combats, and when they lose the combats, they do tend to die. Yeah, the other thing is terror is also a bit of an issue. Although, obviously, it's, if you have a lot of uh, troops yourself, uh, it's fine to pass courage tests on multiple occasions. But um, uh, uh, that makes Black Numenorians especially annoying to fight against. 
because of a terror, they have higher five value, their defense six, so, you, so you're bouncing away from them. Um, and they're killing you on fives and, and you're killing them and they, and they want sixes. So it, uh, it, uh, if they happen to have banners and you buy as well, it may become a very difficult buy for you. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they do have they do have the, they have the ability to ally in um, high fight or high courage stuff, mm -hmm. and they also have the ability because they have a whole bunch of shooting to just sit there and say, "All right, I'm not going to charge. Here's my shield wall. You can charge it if you want." And in the meantime, I've got Bard over here who's going to be heroic combating around and killing four figures a turn. What I would say, just to add on to the final weakness of this army, is this it has a heavy reliance on one character. Mm -hmm. Not only do you have multiple heroes that are essentially upgrades to that character, but your entire army falls apart if you lose that character. With that reliance on it, that means that if you have a lot of magical firepower, if you have a lot of shooting firepower, anything, everything you send, every gun you have should be aimed right at Bard. Uh, not even Gandalf. But or, just or one of Bard's Bard. daughters. Or one of Bard's daughters, course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can attack the daughters. <laughs> so that makes this list very, like, the. Th this is one of the reasons I don't consider this list broken. A lot of people will be like, oh, this list has everything, it's broken and whatnot. I don't consider it broken because of that major fundamental weakness. Mm -hmm. Normally, when an army loses its hero, it just loses a big hitter. You know, Noobnor loses Elan Deal, okay, fine, but we can still press on. This army's not pressing on anymore. <laughs> so you lose that leader. It's oh, the wings. The wings come off at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's done. Yeah, so that's ideally if you have like three ballistas or like three ring rays, casting three black darts per turn, then this army just dies. <laughs> do, do play three ballistas or three catapults. Well, I suspect if you have three rig wraiths casting three black darts per turn what you do is you take the two girls you put them inside a house somewhere and then the rest of the army just swamps whatever you know swamps the three ring rays and the the six guys that they managed to save some points to bring with them um i think that's the answer i mean it, which which you can do at a certain point is um you can just you know, if, if you're in that zone where it looks like Bard's going to be targeted is, you know, Bard hides somewhere and um, you let the you let the rest of the army do the killing. I mean, reasonably, hopefully you don't have to do that because you are taking a potentially six might fight six or a combating Bard <laughs> hiding him. Well, yeah, I mean, but the times you're going to do that are going to be times when um, the threats out there are threats that he would probably have to think about taking on. And, and I mean, you can, you can keep him safe, especially if you've got Gandalf in blinding light, you can keep him relatively safe anyway, in a position where he's just shooting three times with his great bow. Um, mm. And, you know, he's still going to affect the battle and he's still going to be a force in being where once you've kind of carved through and reduced the enemy's numbers, then you can bring him out with like three of his friends to take on that ring rate. And also, I mean, just going back to that black arrow, uh, not black arrow, sorry, his bow that he fires three times using might, you can easily knock out whatever priority targets threatening Bard. I mean, it's with six points of might, he can pretty much deal with whatever he needs to. Yeah. If he needs Especially to shoot a ring down, rate. if he can shoot down a ring, if he wants to shoot down a ring rate, he can do it. Yeah. And so I mean, the other thing is he can't shoot into combat. That's really the only advantage Legolas has over him in that 
in that field. All righty. So should we talk about a list? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So this is an 800-point <clears throat> Survivors of Lake Town allied list. Uh, and the first figure in the list is, of course, Bard the Bowman. And he uh, comes with his horse and his armor. And in his warband, he has his usual gang of friends. He has his two daughters, uh, Sigrid and Tilda. He also has Alfred the Counselor to whisper sweet nothings in his ear. And he has five Lake Town uh, militia with uh, spear and shield. He has five Lake Town militia um, with uh, shield. He has five Lake Town militia with... um, uh, bow and spear. Uh, so he's got the full 18 figure warband. Uh, then we have Gandalf the Gray. Gandalf the Gray uh, is on horse and he's going to be leading 14 Lake Town militia. He's got five Lake Town militia with bow and spear. He's got four Lake Town militia with shield and he has five Lake Town militia with spear and shield. And then the third warband is Thor and Oakenshield, King Under the Mountain. And he, uh, Thorin is on goat, and uh, with Thorin are eight Iron Hills warriors with spear and shield. And so, this is an army that is designed to maximize heroic combats um, because you've got Thorin Oak and Shield and Bard with the girls who can both call heroic uh, combats. They're the ones who are going to be doing most of the killing in this list. Uh, Gandalf is here to cast Blinding Light, Blinding Light protect them, and then if they get overextended into trouble, Gandalf can, if need be, Sorceress Blast into those combats and keep them safe, just kind of knock everybody down around them. Uh, just a couple points here is I double-armed most of the figures in this list. You don't have to do that. That was kind of an artifact of um, the number of slots I had here. I, don't, I, I filled all but one slot I could in Lake Town. I had a few points left over. Um, you could fill out that last Lake Town militia, militia slot. You could probably drop some of um, pro- drop some of the extra stuff here uh, and put it in, you know, and get maybe an extra Iron Hills dwarf or two. Um, but in these lists, especially where we have Iron Hills, the Iron Hills are probably going to be going in front. Um, so I wanted to have a lot of spears in my Lake Town stuff so that they could slip in behind. And it is useful to have um, kind of shields on some of your spear guys uh, where if they have to, they can kind of go out to the flank and just kind of shield against somebody, get that two dice and a re-roll against an opponent. And, um, you know, the the change from defense four to defense five, I think is often worth a point for these guys. Um, So you could, I think, you could, I think, drop some of that stuff and maybe add a figure or two, but I thought the additional kind of defense across the line was worth it. I ended up with um, 43 models, and it is nine might that is likely going to go up to 12 might once Alfred does his thing. And if I need to, I've got Gandalf who can pump up Alfred to try and get even more if I have some extra time. So that's the list. But, so there's obviously the cool synergy of um, Spearman, of, of cheap Lake Town Spearman supporting uh, the Iron Hills Dwarves. And again, with Bard, those Spearman can also re-roll their dice in combat. So That is, that is correct. I mean, I, I have done some things in here. I mean, tip, 
I, I have forgone a banner in this list because of that ability and precisely because of that synergy that you mentioned. And you know, I've also forgone a march in this list. And I think this list can get away with both of those drops. As long as you keep the blinding light and your spear like enough bow fire, then which is easy to do in Lake Town, then yeah, I think forgoing march is perfectly fine. I um I think one thing that I've always found with Thorin a little underwhelming is that he doesn't have plus one to wound. So a lot of times he is bouncing off of like things that I don't want him to bounce off of or not guaranteeing the kill. A lot of times I find if I really want him to guarantee the kill on the charge, he needs to be only fighting like two models, um, maybe three max. Uh, but that that's just something about him like in specific. I, I, I did this combo actually. In fact, I believe at one of your tournaments, Matt, a Shadow in the East tournament where I brought Thorn and Bard and I just was a little annoyed at how often Thorn might like not kill the target. I mean, has your experience been the same or not? Um, yeah, sometimes he does. The, the issue though is because it's a free heroic combat that, you know, if you go in and you know, you win and then you only kill one of the two guys, it's like, meh. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's still defense eight. Um, and you know, his goat is defense five. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if he go, if he goes in and if you don't get the heroic combat off, um, then, you know, oh, well, we'll, we'll do it the next time. I mean, that's the yeah. advantage of the free heroic combat is you don't have to get those things, uh, off. I mean, the other, the other thing about Thorin is because he's a hero of legend, he can be the army leader if you want. So, and he's, he's, I mean, he's only got the one fate, but he is defense eight. Um, so he's an army leader that's, that's tough to kill. And that kind of frees up um, Bard to like not throw himself into suicidal situations, which is something you always have to worry about Bard in that free or a combat is, you know, if I free, if I do a free or a combat with him and get him into a position where he's going to get surrounded the next turn, that's something you don't want to do because your yeah. army can go down. So I think your say, point about splitting the army leader is actually a good one, though. I actually yeah. would do that because yeah. at least then Bard doesn't become the obvious target for all things. <laughs> uh, you can take the victory points and throw it on another character. I uh, mean, so I, I, it's not clear to me that you all that you necessarily want to make Thor the leader. You can for exactly that reason. The other thing you can do is because you have two heroic combats. Is Thorin can then be kind of your grenade that you throw in. Um, and if he gets surrounded, well, you know, that's okay. He'll probably lose his goat. And then he's going to, you know, he's going to shield at defense eight um, yeah. until the rest of the army comes and rescues him. And Bard is more conservative, but I can see an argument either way for who you're going to make the leader in this list. There's actually another thing for, uh, about free hero combats. Like, uh, 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 normally, if you are charging in, you're probably charging two enemies, calling hurry combat, hoping to win, kill, and move on. But if your hurry combats are free, there is an argument that you could just end up charging one enemy to yeah. ensure that you definitely win and definitely kill, and then use that combat to charge another one enemy. And that way, you're actually maximizing your chances of winning those specific combats, even though you uh, uh, you end up killing um, just two models. 
and you that would have been the same though if you had not had the free or combat and just charged two models then and I well yeah understand. so it would be the same well, however you are win uh, uh, it's far more likely for you to actually win those combats if you're fighting against one instead yeah, of fighting against two the other thing you can do is you can fight one in the initial combat and then go into two yeah correct if you have that opportunity yeah or you just charge one and then reposition your hero into a much better yeah. position for next turn, which is not something you would normally be spending might on. Right. Um, it, it also matters whether the, the guy that you're charging has a spear support or not. Um, generally, if they don't have spear supports, it's generally okay just to charge two, two ordinary yeah. models because you can take them down. It's, you know, when you're, when you're rolling into four dice that you start to have the problem. Because the, the one thing that Thorin doesn't get is he doesn't get the, um, he doesn't get the banner reroll from Bard, and neither does Bard himself, um, yeah. which is something to think about. But I mean, but Bard's got six might. So, yeah. It's a shame that Bard doesn't inspire himself. You know, he should learn from other heroes like a sealed or yeah <laughs> it's a shame i mean Bilbo doesn't inspire bard just like he's inspired the other lake towners and he brings them along i'm not sure it's not entirely clear to me that bard remembered who bilbo was in this <laughs> in this battle he was just some short guy that he met once in a tent and that that was, is actually very true yeah. I, I mean that, that I guess somehow um, like grabbed 12 of his warriors and started leading them around it's like, did I put this guy in charge? I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I left, left Alfred in charge. Who's this guy? Um, but uh, I, Bard with six points of might can also kind of get away with charging two guys and then two guys because he's got, yeah, he's got the might to spend yeah. if he gets into trouble. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess that pretty much wraps up this whole discussion regarding Lake Town. Um, we'll obviously talk about some of the other characters and such in Alfred, like Alfred, more length, maybe an allies in the Army of Lake Town version of this list. But um, I guess unless we have anything else, uh, I suppose we'll stop here and we'll talk to you all very soon in the next episode. Bye, guys. So, Bye. Well,